Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Megan. And this is Cinema Super Collider. Where we're smashing up cinema one movie at a time. Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here, my friend. Can your heart stand the shocking fact about cinema? say what's that it's my way or the highway oh i thought that was the guy from roadhouse yeah that's what dalton says i thought he also said be nice <laughs> he also says be nice what else does he say he's got another he's got some some like he's stereotype got, he has three rules right be nice until it's time not to be nice be right nice, right uh never underestimate the the your opponent right and always take it outside those are the three rules of bouncing. Yes. Because he is a super bouncer. He's a cooler. He is a cooler. Now, if you didn't guess, because we did just mention it, today's film is the 1989 Patrick Swayze vehicle, Roadhouse. This is a classic. It is. I didn't see this when this came out, because I heard it was stupid. It It isn't not stupid. Uh, it is a movie about the greatest bouncer in the world. He's a cooler, Eric. Yes, he's a cooler. He's the greatest cooler in the world. He's yeah. the second greatest cooler in the world. Right, because the first greatest cooler is... Sam Elliott. Right. What's his name in the in the show? It's not Sam Elliott. Yeah, it's, it's Sam Elliott. We don't need to know. His character's name is is unimportant because he is Sam Elliott at his Sam Elliottistness. His name is Wade Garrett. Wade Garrett even sounds like a like a cowboy. My yeah. name's Wade Garrett. Well, you know, there's a reason for that. Most, Is it Wade Garrett's a real cowboy? No, no, no. Uh, a lot of the names in this are based off of wild, like Old West, Wild West peoples. So Garrett was... Uh, Marshall Pat Garrett. Garrett. Pat, Pat Garrett. Garrett. Pat, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. That's right. Right. And then Dalton, of course, is the Dalton gang. The Dalton gang. I was thinking John Dalton, the guy that came up with Atomic Theory. That would be a different group of people. It was like uh, John Dalton was very important. He came up with the concept of atomic number. John Dalton did. Yes, that's not part of Roadhouse, though. Yeah. Unless, he only had, I think, six elements in his chart. Well, unless one of those elements is ripping the throat out of your <laughs> opponents. Then... What element? What? What? Where does that fit in the periodic table of elements? It's the not, periodic table of ass-kicking. It's, yeah, period, periodic table of badassery. Oh, man. Oh, man, guys. Somebody should make that table. That's going to happen. We're going to do that. Yeah. All we have to do is come up with, like, two-letter prefixes for, like, what would be like throat snatch would be element number 18, TS. Yeah, TS. Uh, throat snatch. There's also SK. SK, which is what? Spin kick. Spin kick. Oh, yeah, sure. Or it's, it, I mean, yeah, Rod can do that. I was going to say sweet spin kick would be Rod's. Like, oh, elements. that would be like one of those like 108 elements. Like, yeah, it's like extra those one. ones way up the, the actinide elements. Wow. So, any, it, way, like, so, way to interject nerdery into a movie about bouncers that kick ass. If anybody listens to this show to hear me talk, then they probably expect that. Well, yeah, that's true. If you're listening to hear me talk, then, you know, good luck to you. Yeah, Eric will. You, you'll hear a lot of me talking. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I don't generally have anything that terribly intelligent to say. But So, what happens in Roadhouse, Eric? Well, Patrick Swayze, at the beginning, is working as a bouncer in New York City at a... At a Hillbilly bar of some sort in New York City. I don't quite get it, but sure. It's sort of a pseudo roadhouse. He's working in a bar called The Bandstand. The Bandstand, like American Bandstand. I guess, but it's full of fucking wannabe cowboys, so. Whatever. He's working Shrug. there, and some dude walks in and watches him work and says, Hey, I want to hire you to come down to my bar outside of Kansas City. I'm having some trouble with uh, with uh, uh, boisterous goons constantly messing up my bar, and I need someone who's a world-class bouncer like yourself to fix it for me. And he says, sure, I'll come along. So he goes to wherever it is outside in, in Kansas somewhere to work as a bouncer, and he encounters a mean, awful guy who kind of runs the town like a protection racket. Everybody in the town has to pay him, otherwise he fucks their shit up. And things come to a head, and he clashes with that guy and wins in the end. 
that's basically it. Yeah. There's also a love story. There's a love story and kind there's of. there's uh, Tai Chi mm-hmm. and there's a, a secret backstory history, which is right. barely alluded to. Yeah. It's but just to, enough. Just enough. Yeah. He's supposed to be a tormented soul because of what happened in his history. And it turns out that what happened in his history was, you know, sort of tragic, but really not anything to feel guilty about. And super unimportant for this film. And unimportant for the film, right? Yeah. There are a lot of things that happen in Roadhouse that are honestly not necessary to include in this movie. This movie could simply be a movie about a guy who gets hired to turn a, a, a hole-in-the-wall bar around and then does with interference. Yeah, they were talking about remaking this. What they do you, were. What do you think about that? Well, they were going to remake it and they were going to gender swap the Dalton character because it was going to be uh, uh, Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. And sure. then she lost horribly in a big, important match. And then they were like, oh, you're not the queen of ass kicking anymore. We're not going to make that movie anymore. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, well. You I lose think, one fight and like. I think it also had to do with. movie the, career goes down the crapper. I'm pretty sure it also had to do with her off camera antics. I know nothing. Question about mark. That. I don't know a lot, but eh. something, something, something. Yeah, I. You know what? This is a kind of movie that I think absolutely doesn't need to be remade because I think as <laughs> sort of silly as it is, it kind of works perfectly. I, I rec- obviously I recommend this movie. Maybe not obviously. Uh, I do recommend this film. Yes. In fact, uh, I think the re- I I also highly recommend this film. I think that the perfect summation of this movie. Let's kick it over to Roger Ebert for a second, because he is wise in his words. Roadhouse exists right on the edge between a good bad movie and merely bad. I hesitate to recommend it because so much depends on the ironic vision of the viewer. This is not a good movie, but viewed in the right frame of mind, it is not a boring one either. So, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, he gave it two and a half stars out of four. Yeah, I would give it about two and a half stars out of four if I were if I were being serious. If I were being on a, a bad movie scale, it's a four out of four. Oh yeah, bad no, movie. this this is a quality bad movie. It's almost this is one of these things where it's it kind of jumps out of the it it sort of jumps out of the quagmire of being a so bad it's good movie into almost being an actually an almost a good movie. It's it's like the best. It's like the best a bad movie can be before it crosses over into being a good movie, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it totally does. I think, I mean, if you like our podcast and you enjoy the movies that we talk about, then if you haven't already seen Roadhouse, like... Yeah, how many people haven't seen Roadhouse? Yeah, you should totally see it. Now, there is a sequel to Roadhouse, which I have been trying to find on streaming or renting platforms, and it's just not out there. So I'm going to have to buy the DVD, and I will buy the DVD for you guys, because... It is a sequel. Heartbeeps? No, no, no. Oh. No, Roadhouse 2. Oh, Heartbeeps is the one I'm looking into. Okay, well, that's different. That's you. (laughs) I'm looking for Roadhouse. That's a whole different story for another time. Yes, Roadhouse 2. A few of our fans, like, their ears pricked up when they said said Heartbeeps. Mm. Like, what? Yeah, maybe. But Roadhouse 2 takes the story further, and we follow Dalton's son, which inexplicably happened somehow, and the big bad is the lesser Busey, Jake Busey. And I just remember, it's on the bayou, and there's, like, alligators. It's real dumb. I'm going to find it. We're going to watch it, and we're going to talk about it, because... Uh, I'm down. Yeah. If I remember it being as good as it was, it's kind of worth seeing. Sure. I'll buy that. I'll buy that for a dollar. I'm probably going to have to pay for more than one dollar for it, but... It's worth whatever. Yeah. Sure. Hey. So, Roadhouse. We're getting rich off of this podcast. Yeah. We're rolling in the dough. We can afford a DVD. We've made negative dollars on this podcast, everyone. Yeah, so we make it out of love. We do. Out of love for you, and our also, listeners. So we can pitch Greenhouse. Greenhouse? Oh, shit. That's not my game. <laughs> God damn it. I'm. Uh, it's been so long since we've pitched our, our Greenlight game. We Greenlight. how to pitch it. Yeah. Greenlight. Hmm. Yeah, so it starts anyway. out in New York. He's cooling this bar down. Uh, the kind of less it's said about that, the better. He tools out of there in a fancy Mercedes Benz with a New York license plate and winds up outside the Double Deuce Bar in Kansas State. Jasper, Missouri. Ja- oh, oh, okay, in Missouri State. Guys, here's some here's some real talk for you. If anyone says they're from Kansas City, it means that they're from Kansas City, Missouri. Anyone who's from Kansas City, Kansas will qualify, I am from Kansas City, Kansas. 
Really? Yes. Because what? Just like there's a greater Busey and a lesser Busey, i.e., Gary Busey and Jake Busey, there is a lesser Kansas City and a greater Kansas City. The one that's the greater doesn't exist in the state of Kansas. That's been Kansas Real Talk with Megan. Is everything up to date there? Mm-hmm. In Kansas City, Kansas? You're just supposed to say they've gone about as far as they can go. Oh, I know what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> Everything's up to date in Kansas City They've gone about as far as they can go They went and built a skyscraper seven stories high About as high as a building ought to grow But as someone who grew up in Kansas, fuck you Welcome to Dad Jokes with Eric Yeah There you go yeah, in fact, if if you are from Kansas, you just run... You <laughs> the run. listeners have no idea. If, if we have any listeners at this point in yeah. the podcast, no one has any idea what we're talking about unless they're fans of antique musicals. Does anybody know the musical Oklahoma at this point? I do. Yeah, you do, and I do. Does anybody under the age of us know what that is? Do they even do that musical anymore? Kansas City, they've gone about as far as they can go. Not so much. It's not the best musical. It has a couple of songs everybody knows. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Put it like right next to Showboat. Sorry with the fringe on top, which I have a great cover of. Judd Fry is dead. I I will have to send Eric this cover so he can drop it in the the show right now. Uh, I have a cover of Marlena Dietrich singing Sorry with the fringe on top in German. Endlich ist die Welt uns entglitten und wir fahren in unserem Schlitten und wir fahren in unserem Schlitten durch ein Tal im Schnee. Träumerisches Schellengebimmel, weiße Träume fallen vom Himmel und oh, es Which does not fit in the phrasing of the song. It's great. Well, excellent. So, but and and they sing about Kansas City in there. Yeah. So, but Kansas City sits on the border between Kansas. It, Kansas City is a city that lives on the border between Kansas and Missouri. Well, it is. It is a yes. It is it's a city. It's like it's like East and West Berlin. It is literally divided by a road called State Line Road. And if you are on the Kansas side of it, you're in Kansas. And if you're on the Missouri side of it, you're in Missouri. And if you're in the middle of the street, who knows where you are? Wow. But anywhere you go, you can get good barbecue there. Mm. Or so the legend goes. Yes. And anywhere you go in Chicago to find barbecue is horrible. So the legend goes. I will fight anyone who says that there's good barbecue in Chicago. So he's in Kansas. He's in Missouri. He's in Jasper, Missouri. Jasper, Missouri. I should remember Jasper. He's my favorite vampire. I was just about to say, Eric, I'm surprised you didn't pick up on that. So he goes to the Double Deuce in Jasper and walks in to see what's up. It's a shithole. What's up, Megan? It's a shithole. Other than that, tell, describe some of the things that ha- are happening well, there's, in the double deuce when he first walk, walks in. A lot of violence, a lot of punching, indiscriminate punching even. Uh, there's a lot of uh, women with their boobs hanging out, getting pawed. There's Maybe someone is selling a woman at one point. It's confusing. He's definitely like inviting his friends to like feel her up. There's a switchblade at one point. And there's also a, maybe a poker game going on? Yeah. There were cards in play. I don't know why you would bring cards to a roadhouse, but hey, who yeah. knows? The and Jeff Healy Band is playing. That's the other thing. The Jeff Healy Band will be a feature throughout this entire film. Who's Jeff Healy, Eric? Jeff Healy was a uh, guitarist and blues man in the late 80s and early 90s. He died very young from uh, cancer. And uh, he is featured in this movie. He had like one or two really big hits toward the end of the 80s. And he was kind of like poised to take over from Stevie Ray Vaughan. He played his guitar in this unique style. He played it on his lap, like sort of like a lap steel guitar. But he, he fretted the strings with his left hand and he could use all five fingers on the strings. And he could like really, really bend the notes and really get like great tremolo effects. And he was just a really badass player. And he, it's also, a shame that he died. He also happened to be blind, too. He was blind? Yeah. It, <laughs> yes. And, yes, he was. And he, and he was blind from cancer as well. Yes. 
uh, Eric Eric discovered that there may be a curse to Roadhouse. The Roadhouse curse. We'll the talk Roadhouse about curse. It. Everybody yeah. in Roadhouse died of cancer. It seems like it. Yes. And I Jeff was, Healy died of cancer. As I, Jeff Patrick Healy, Swayze died of cancer. Pancreatic cancer. Yes. Ben Gazzara died of cancer. Who is in this movie and also died of cancer. Yes. And I was watching, as I was watching the movie, there's a certain like element of Ben Gazzara that kind of reminds me of Alan Rickman a little bit, like in who the died eyes. Died of cancer. Who died of pancreatic cancer? Yes. It. He wasn't even in this movie, and the Roadhouse curse took him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So. Anyhow, so you see Jeff Healy, but the the place is a mess. It's gross. It's, it, first of all, it's gross and disgusting. It's a hive of scum and villainy. It's a yes, it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy. And he comes in and he just like looks at stuff and like what happens? He he talks to the head bouncer or the guy that owns the place and says, you know, like I will. He, he talks to the guy that owns the place and he says, okay, I will be your cooler and bouncer, but I've got these rules. And the the main rule is is like you have to do everything the way I say. Pretty much, yeah. And it's like it's my way or the highway. Yes. He doesn't say that to the owner. He says that to the. To they have the, a they have a staff meeting. They have basically. a staff meeting, and he says that to the other bouncers. But basically, he says that to the owner at first, and says like, "Look, if you're hiring me to be your bouncer, cooler, whatever, dude, it's got to be my way. I'm going to say how things are going to be." And, and we should like, yeah, sure. We should mention that one of the recurring things that that people say to Patrick Swayze throughout this entire film is, "Huh, I thought you'd be bigger." Because yeah. as we all know, Patrick Swayze was a diminutive man. Was he? Yes, he was. Hmm. Yeah, he, he doesn't look big, but he's buff, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, no. And and when we were doing a little bit of research on the film, we found out that all of the actors in this movie did their own stunts, and they all learned kickboxing from, like, the same kickboxing coach. So they all do their shit. They're all doing their sweet spin kicks, their SKs, SK-40, Element 40. Ooh, I don't know. Pretty heavy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about Elements, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a thing that was happening, but, and you see a lot of shirtless Patrick Swayze in this film and everyone's shiny in this film. Yeah. Everyone's shiny and tan. There's a lot of like tan flesh. Well, I mean, you know, they're, they're in Jasper, Missouri. There's nothing else to do except poke around outside and get tan. Hack around in the tobacco patch. What do you guys grow in Jasper? In Missouri? Yeah. Not tobacco. No. No. Wheat. Corn. Wheat. Soybeans. Soybeans. Grazing land for cows, mm -hmm. things like that. Delicious cows. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cows. Yeah. So he comes in and says, like, look, I, I will take over your thing, but you got to do it my way. And the owner says, yeah, fine. So he's like, I'm going to watch a regular night here in the bar and clock everybody and everything that's going on. And then I'm going to hire and fire people based on what I see. So he fires like. First, out of the box, fires the bouncer that was working there to begin with because it's like, you're an asshole. You don't know what you're doing. Get out. And then he fires the guy that's uh, the bartender. He's like, you're skimming money out of the till. Get out. And you, this waitress over here, you're selling drugs. We only sell booze here for people. If they want to get high, that's they do that somewhere else. We don't do that here. Out. And he gets a lot of people disgruntled by doing that. Right. But he also has everybody's back, and he he lays down the rules of how bouncing is going to take place in the double deuce going forward. Right, and the bouncers are all like, we don't believe that this is going to happen. And he's like, well, you can believe it or not, but this is how we're going to do it. Yeah, the, the bouncer technique that is taking place early on is when somebody gets out of hand in the bar, the bouncer goes over and starts a punch-up with that dude. That's not how you do it, guys. Yeah. I, I You know, you think that yeah, whatever. It's, uh, it's, a friend, a, it's a silly movie, but whatever. I had a friend that was a bouncer in a bar here in Chicago that was the, the Chicago Blackhawks, like, hangout bar. So there were sometimes hockey players in there, too. And the first rule that they taught the bouncers was like, guys, there's going to be some people in here who can do you a lot more harm than you think. So just get them out the door. Just get them out the door. If they take a swing at you, duck and get them out the door. Yeah, that's and that's pretty much every bouncer that I've ever had the pleasure of encountering for any reason is just like out, out, out. That's all they want yeah. is you out of the place. They don't want to start a fight with you. Mm -mm. But these bouncers that were hired that were working at the Double Deuce wanted to get into a big punch up with somebody. Mm -hmm. So like or like in the first part, the some dude's girlfriend jumps up on the table and starts dancing and the bouncer goes over and says, hey, knock it off. And the guy picks a fight with him, and then the guy start. They start mixing it up, 
fighting, and there's knife pulled, and all kinds of crazy stuff's happening. Dalton's, uh, Patrick Swayze, whose character is Dalton, the mm-hmm. atomic scientist, is sitting inside, <laughs> like, looking and going, like, shaking his head, like, yeah, fucking amateurs, right? And so, what he says to people is, be nice. Mm-hmm. Like, when somebody's acting up in your bar, you say, hey, please, would you, you know, mind, knock, you know, quit that, knock that stuff off? Mm-hmm. And then if that doesn't work, then you escort them out. And at the very last resort, you know, don't worry about that. And the guy's like, how do I know when it's the last resort? He's like, you know, he's like, I'll tell you. Yeah. If some guy, what does he say? If some guy calls you an asshole or what does he some say? Some guy calls you a cocksucker. You say, okay, fine. Could you yeah. please stop doing that? And the guy was like, but he called me a cocksucker. How can I not take that personally? And he's like, those are two nouns that someone has put together. That's it. A noun and a verb. Whatever. Wait, no, it's two nouns. It's two nouns. Yeah. yeah. It's a gerund phrase. Sure. <laughs> Is Gra- it? I don't know. Grammar. Roadhouse style. No, and then and the guy's like the guy's like, Well, yeah, well what if what if somebody calls my mother a whore? And Dalton looks at him and is like, Is she? Whoa. Burn. Sick there was burn. an audience there. The audience would have made a sound. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the staff meeting. That's uh, Yeah. And so then That's the kind of movie we're in. We're in a movie that shows staff meetings. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 bar security staff. So here's a yeah, it's a roadhouse. It's a big roadhouse mm-hmm. and a, you know, very large bar, but because of the location and the clientele, they need like a staff of 10 bouncers in this place, I guess, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like I I didn't live in Kansas and or other places outside of Chicago when I was able to drink for a very long time. Like I I was legal for a little while in both Florida and Kansas. And the thing is, is that Eric and I are used to bars here in Chicago where it's like, here is a closet. You can put a bar in it and then everyone will come to your bar. That's as big as you get. Where there is room to sprawl, bars tend to sprawl. In fact, Eric's old band played a couple of these types of places where it's like... Yeah, big roadhouse places way out in the bars. Yeah, it's like they got an outdoor deck, they got a game room, they got the room that the band plays in, they got Uh, two bars, they got, you know, they got a room that you can rent for parties. It's huge, just huge sprawling space because anywhere that's not a giant city, you have room for that. So, yes, you're going to have 10 or 15 people that work at your giant fucking bar. Yeah. Well, you know, but you, well, whatever. Also, the thing is, is that at one point in time, there's not a lot of people in the bar, but then they renovate it, which is coming up. And then like everyone is in this bar. Where did they come from? This is not a big town, Jasper, Missouri. It's just like, oh, I guess the hot new clubs in Jasper. No, no one has ever said that. It's the only place where anybody can go to have a good time, I guess. There's no other bar in Jasper that we see, no other roadhouse. So. There's literally barely any any businesses in Jasper. In fact, they're all kind of right there. There's, yeah, a, there's, there's an a, auto parts store. Right. There's a, a car dealership. And a hospital. And a hospital. That's all that they have. And at one point, the bad guy character's like, I'm bringing JCPenney's here. And I was like... Why? Yeah, really? Who's going to shop? Who's going to shop at the JCPenney's <laughs> in gonna Jasper? Buy, yeah, you know, they're going to buy stuff to wear to the double deuce. I guess. The other thing that's of note at this point in the movie is that everybody has heard of Dalton. He's famous. He's famous. Super famous. In the world of uh, Ro- shit kicker bars. Roadhousery. Like, in the world of roadhousery, the name Dalton rings out because... Everybody knows that he's the world's greatest bouncer. I guess. So they're like, Dalton, I've heard of you. I don't. You're a bouncer. I mean, I guess I could understand if you were like a badass bartender, like one of those competitive bartenders, somebody might have heard of you. Mm. But not in a roadhouse. Mm. And I mean, maybe if Dalton had been like a... Like a UFC fighter or, or something? an atomic scientist, maybe. No, nobody cares about the atomic scientists at the roadhouse, Eric. They might. You would. Yeah, I would. That would be my... You would be I would the go one there just guy. just like talk to that guy. You would be like, hey, bouncer, science guy. Hey. What if the March for Science was filled with bouncer scientists? No. Yeah. It would be a very, very different world than How, the one we live in. Guys. You've heard of the many worlds theory of like quantum there's a, mechanics. There's a and, world yeah. where everyone's a bouncer scientist. Yeah, there really is. Like we a, just, we can't get in touch with that universe. That universe is completely separate from ours and there's no way that we can ever actually communicate with that universe. There's like warrior poets and bouncer scientists. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I'm not saying no. 
So he puts the plan into action, and you see it's it starts working. So it pays dividends right away. Oh yeah, yeah. They start doing it, and and some like the first night, some guy starts acting up. They pull a knife, but you know they don't. They're they handle it in an, a more professional, appropriate way and kick him out. Mm-hmm. And the guy that owns the bar is like, yes, finally someone here is in charge and can get my security under control. Yes. So and, they rehab the bar. And as a business owner, I have to give this guy props. He was like, I have this business and I really don't know how to make it not suck. So I'm going to go get a contractor and he's going to fix it. And then I'll have a better business. This is great. More movies should solve their problems like this. More movie protagonists and or failing business owners should just go, you know what? I need to hire protagonist contractor guy. I have a security problem. I need to hire a company that can do security. A security person. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just like random friends and stuff. Yeah. Or like, you're, you like me, you come fix my problem. You're a big beefy bruiser guy. I think you should bounce from my bar. You fought in the war. You don't have PTSD. We're not, I'm not laughing at PTSD. I'm laughing at the way you, you, you put that together. But yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure that movie exists. Yeah, it probably does. But wait, before they rehab the bar, we yeah. see another scene where three goons come into the office with the guy that was the bartender before that Dalton fired. And the guy's like, Hey, you're going to give me my job back because if you don't, I'm going to kick your ass. And then Dalton kicks all of their asses and he gets stabbed. And he gets stabbed. Well, he gets a little cut he on his like, yeah, cut on his like torso, which is important because that's when we get to see the next set of this movie. Because right now, the only set we've seen is the bar, really, and like an outdoor yeah. thing where he rents a room, which is unimportant. Yeah, he rents a room from some like grizzled old prospector dude. He's a he's a farmer, grizzled old farmer dude, whatever. So he goes to the hospital to get uh, staples put in, and he meets Doc, who's a Doc. Yeah, otherwise known as Kelly Lynch. Kelly Lynch, and she's blonde, and she's got a weird haircut, and she's wearing these oversized glasses from the 80s, and just a, a, like a really attractive woman who has terrible hair and makeup. Yeah. Whoever did the makeup and hair on this film deserves to not work in Hollywood again. Because as I mentioned, everyone in this movie is shiny, and that is not something that you want your actors to look like on camera. I mean, if they're oiled up and they're sweaty, it's like a kung fu movie or something like that. Yes, yes. Or if Lou Ferrigno's in your movie and he's Hercules, like oil him up. Yeah, definitely. Shows all the muscles. Right. Or if or if Swayze's like working out in the hot sun sure. doing Tai Chi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's fine. But otherwise, you don't want everybody's face to be shiny. If that's... you're sitting in a diner drinking coffee, having a conversation with a woman, you don't want to be shiny. Yeah. Also, you don't want to look like someone attacked you with a curling iron and then just didn't do anything else. Yeah, it's unfortunate how how she winds up looking because she's obviously she's Hollywood skinny and they dress her in clothes that make her look even skinnier because you see her like semi nude later on and you see her and you go like, well, she's you know, she looks pretty hot. But when you see her in clothes, she looks like a scarecrow. Yeah, I to to my eyes. Anyway, they didn't I mean, do they didn't do Kelly Lynch any favors. No, just they, put it that way. they made her look too skinny, and they made her look too washed out, and they made her look too shiny. And, right. This movie was nominated for several Razzies, which we'll talk about later. Wait, uh, we never get a movie that's nominated for Razzies. I <laughs> I I am going to hear about that until I die. Nah, I'll never mention it again. Yeah, you will. Yeah, I know I will. Uh, the, I feel like this movie really the only Razzie that was was warranted was whoever did hair and makeup you did a shitty job yeah this movie doesn't deserve any razzies other than the fact unless razzies are given out to good bad movies like bad movies you should watch then this should win razzies well we watch a lot of those movies call those snazzies snazzies the snazzy awards with eric and megan well we could do our own award show at some point yeah we could do an award show we can go over all of like the year's shows that we've done and, and nominate the best ones to see it's a future idea for a future show if we ever run out of ideas. We'll never run out of ideas. I, I ran out of ideas about five minutes ago. I can't remember what to say about this movie. No. So he well, goes in and gets his gets his his, his wound stitched up or well, stapled, stapled together. Yeah. He gets his wound stapled. And Eric, uh, as as she is doing this, she looks at me. He's like, is she going to clean that off? Because his side is literally caked in blood. And she's like, I guess I'm just going to staple you like this. Yeah. She's going to shoot him up with some lidocaine, some local anesthetic. Yeah. And he's like, nah, man. And she's like, well, most people want it because it's painful. And he's like, pain don't hurt. Yet another 
Swayzeism. Swayzeism. Another, another like, uh, like, uh, what, what would you call that? Like, uh, it's like Yogi Berra's. What are those called? An aphorism? Yeah. Is that, yeah, is that a, what it is? It's another bone mote. It's yeah. a witticism. It's a witticism from it's, Sir Patrick Swayze. Yes. Pain don't hurt. That sounds like Patrick what, what? Stewart. Pain don't hurt. Number one. Pain don't hurt. Just keep doing it. It won't get any better. No, I know. It's, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm trying to picture Patrick Swayze in my mind and Patrick Stewart in the other part of my mind and trying to, like, put them together. And they just, those two don't, those two fit together like, like Legos and pudding. Oh I mean, my they god! Just don't work. Oh wait, wait. Green light idea. It's Roadhouse, but instead of Patrick Swayze, it's Patrick Stewart. Ah. And instead of Sam Elliott, it's Ian McKellen. Oh. Yeah. That would be great. Roadhouse featuring those guys. But it would be like a, it would be in Britain. Yeah. And it would be. It would be pub house. It would be a pub. Yeah. It would be a pub in, in like the country somewhere, mm-hmm. like out in East Pudsey or something, you know, It'd way be, out. Be full of soccer hooligans. Yes. First rule is be nice. Yes. That sounds more like Sean Connery. First rule is be nice. We could have Sean Connery. Sean Connery could be the Ben Gazzara character. Yes. Done. Oh, man. I want that movie. If you don't have a, a game of green light, you should get one because you could be playing this at home. Roadhouse is one of the cards in it. I know. Yeah. We the, just, we we just, just, we just played you, the game for if you. you. If you have this game and you listen to this podcast, we have just given you a guaranteed winner if you ever draw the Roadhouse card. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Okay. So we've been introduced to our love interest who... Literally is in this film just to prove that Patrick Swayze is... Not gay. Yes. Yes. Considering how oiled up and on display he is, and the kind of latent homoeroticism that you could read into this, I don't think he ever came across gay at all in this. That's why when you said, oh, she's in there to to be, you know, the not gays, it was like... Yeah, I guess so. He well, just, he totally, he doesn't seem like super macho either. He's like very even keeled. Yeah, I think, I think the thing is, is that all of the, all of the interactions slash relationships that you're going to see him with are with other men. And his closest relationship in this film is with Sam Elliott. Yeah. And they're like, they're like bromance guys. Yeah. Kind it's of. It's bromance, but there doesn't seem to be any kind of sexual tension. There's no, there. yeah. You, there's, you thought so, but I didn't uh, think so. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just, I just feel like there's really no reason for Kelly Lynch to be in this film no. other than the fact that they wanted to have a hot chick so that Patrick Swayze could fuck her. Yeah. Which he does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. But we don't have to see it. For fuck's sake, that's great. I don't know. We get know. to see a little bit of her boobs. You see them fucking on the roof of the burn, but from across mm, the Yeah, lake. it's a, it's, you know what, it's tastefully done. You know, I don't mind a sex scene in a movie. I don't, I'm not, I'm not just straight up opposed to all sex scenes in all movies all the time. I'm just opposed to like, leering icky ones like tommy was so like room. tommy was so in the room is like a really prototypical like bad sex scene but there's so many of them in movies and they have like sleazy saxophone music playing and cameras panning up slow up and down bodies as they're sort of grinding and it's like you know porno is less revolting and embarrassing than that you know just like actual fucking is way easier for me to take than than that awful stuff and that it's not sleazy and and gratuitous in this movie there's no it's it's, just in it it's in it you see kelly lynch's ass you do yeah and apparently uh you don't see dalton's ass though no no you see a lot of them though you see a lot of them yeah and you do kind of see a lot of sam elliott when he shows off that scar yeah you do yeah you kind of see his his groinal region his groinal region yeah yeah, exactly. We should mention uh, that, uh, so Kelly Lynch is married to a guy that is a writer on a number of things, uh, including the movie Scrooged, where he met Bill Murray, who stars in it. So Bill Murray has a tendency every time he sees this movie on TV of calling Kelly Lynch's husband to inform him that he is watching his wife naked. Yeah, part of the Bill Murray mystique. It's part of the Bill Murray mystique. And the, these these two have uh, had a writer star relationship for a while, but Bill Murray loves to tell the story about how he does this all the time. So we now we've got two legs of a three legged stool that is this movie. You've got the story of a bouncer trying to fix a bar, and you've got the romantic interest, but you don't have an antagonist. And at this point, the chief antagonist shows up, and his name is Ben Gazzara. Well, that's the actor's name. Yeah, that's the actor's name. I don't remember the character's name because I don't care. 
Ben Gazzara is a wealthy man who runs this town with his army of goons. His name is Brad Wesley. He's like a boss hog character, you know. He's a wealthy dude, and he just has a protection racket. I mean, he's a gangster that's not affiliated with any larger gangster organization. He's not into, like, running guns and drugs. He might be. But that that's not what we see. He just charges extortion to the few businesses that are in town. It's like, give me money or I will burn down your business. And I pay the cops, so there's nothing you can do about it. And everybody just pays up. Yep. And he takes an instant disliking to Dalton for a variety of reasons. The first of which is he fires his uh, uh, son-in-law. His nephew. The, his nephew. Yeah. Okay. And um, so he's like, yeah, you should hire my nephew back. And Dalton's like, no way. And Ben Gazzara's like, well, we will meet another day. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, hey, why don't you just come work for me? And Dalton's like, no way. Not for any amount of money at any time will I ever work for you because you're an asshole. He's an and asshole. He yeah. And he's, his goons are not nice goons. And then it comes out that the uh, doctor who uh, Dalton begins seeing, obviously she st- staples him up and then we talked about them fucking. So obviously they get together. It turns out that she had had a relationship with Ben Gazzara years ago when she was i don't know 15 i mean she's like she's a very young doctor i don't believe that it is that she had a relationship with him she was the object of his desire and affection oh so she he was just creeping he was creeping on her and she was like okay well i have two choices i could stay here and he can make my life miserable or i can get the fuck out which i assume meant that she went to medical school and college or something oh okay because she's a doctor sure and then she came back to work for the hospital so like maybe she was like the high school cheerleader and he was like following her around and and whatever and then she decided like he's go away he's significantly older than she is and then he had like some sort of mental breakdown after she left him sure that's what they said so and he finds out that dalton's now dating his ex-crush and so now it's like ben gazera's got dalton in his sights he wants to bring him down and why doesn't he just go out and execute him i mean uh, you know I guess he doesn't want to do that at first. Uh, so he hires more goons and they fight with Dalton a lot of times. He has sort of an unending pot of goons. Like there's a few that are regular goons. Like his reg- like he's got the big enforcer guy that's got the earring that ends yeah, up. Like level one goons. Yeah, there's a lot of level one goons. There's a lot of like, uh, uh, you know, in the video game, you just got to sh- you got plow through them to get to the boss fight. There's yeah. a lot of those goons. And then he hires like a level up, like a like a. Um, like a mini boss. A mini boss goon. Yeah, there's a mini boss goon and then there's a fat goon. And there's a fat goon. Who's just kind of along for the ride because probably it's a more productive and profitable way of making money in a town like this. Yeah, he's a tank goon. He sort of sucks up damage. Yes. He doesn't do a lot of damage, but he can take a lot of punishment. He gets in the way. He gets in the way. Look, guys, sometimes you need a goon that just gets in the way. Not of you, but of your enemies. I am not that goon. Yeah. No. No, that's fat goon in this movie. So there's fat goon, level up goon, mini boss goon, and then the whole crew of goons. Just g- generic goons. And, you know. Oh, and monster truck, which in this film is a goon. Yeah. The monster truck just like destroys the auto dealership because when the word gets out that Dalton's challenging Ben Gazzara, everybody in the town who's been paying protection to this guy all the way along decides like, hey, you know, maybe we don't need to pay this guy anymore. We mean, we can stand up to this guy. And so they stop paying protection, and then Ben Gazzara goes apeshit and wrecks their place. Yep. Burns For- the one guy's place down, yep. wrecks the other guy's auto dealership. Both those things happen. So There's one more important character that comes in. And that is? Sam Elliott. Yeah. Who Greasy goons. like this. Yeah. I'm going to do another impression. Mm-hmm. This is my Sam Elliott impression. What it's, do you think of that one? It's not horrible. Sometimes there's a man. Yeah. Yeah, so so Sam Elliott shows up and they're like, oh, this dude is his mentor. Like they and people keep calling him like dad and granddad and shit. And I turned to Eric while we were watching and I was like, how old do you think Sam Elliott was in this film? I guess 50. I guess mid 40s. I won. He was 45 years old. He looks grizzled. He has looked grizzled, I think, probably since he was like 20. He and Tommy Lee Jones are the two most grizzled people ever. And you know what? In Harry Dean Stanton, you could take all three of them, and they are in the Grizzled Hall of Fame. They mm-hmm. are the like the 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 Mount Rushmore of Grizzled. That's true. They were from the age of like thirty to the age of like seventy. They were all grizzled. 
Yes. I think they're all alive, so I don't think that you can say that they were grizzled. They, they still are grizzled. They still are grizzled. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe at home they look Sam like Elliott fresh as a daisy. You know? has has escaped the curse of Roadhouse so far. Sam Elliott is still on the loose. Yep. Somewhere. Actually, so is Kelly Lynch, but whatever. Yeah, her career is dead, though. Sam Elliott wandering into this film is the most enjoyable part because he is also a cooler, quote unquote, uh, and we first see him working at a strip club where he is. And it's a stretch to call that a strip club. That's just a titty bar. Eh, I guess. I mean, they had to start off with some clothes on. Otherwise, they're just on stage for a long time. That's what I'm saying. And they're just standing. There's two girls on there topless kind of listlessly dancing around while other guys play pool and fight. I guess. In a room about the size of this. Yeah. (laughs) I know way more about uh, the whole strip club entertainment industry because I have a number of friends who are feature dancers. And every time I see strip clubs in movies now, I'm like, nah, that's not how it works. Like, the feature dancers I know are like, you got to put on a lot of clothes because you're on stage for like 20 minutes and you got to just keep taking shit off. Otherwise, you're naked and you're there's just no more to do for 20 minutes if you don't have other shit going on. Yeah, that's going to be tough if you're up there that long. Yeah. Well, that's why you're a feature dancer and not just, you know, a dancer. Yeah, you got to have a lot of clothes if you're a stripper. I told you about uh, the, the woman that did the Optimus Prime act. The feature dancer? No, I don't think she so. She had a, she had, she was Optimus Prime on stage, which went over like fucking gangbusters. Really? I don't see the strip club crowd as being like, they loved into, like, it. Nerd tender, nerd entertainment. Look, my friend, nerd entertainment. My friend Viva does a taco act on stage. Well, tacos, she, I can see. When she features, uh, and, uh, she's done some other shit too that's been pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, she was Optimus Prime. Her costume transformed, which was one of the reasons why the guys liked it. She turned into a car or a truck or yeah. something? Yeah, she could turn into like a truck. Wow, that is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I come mean, on. Yeah, you can only see so many titties before you go like, hey. It's another naked chick. It's another naked chick. But this one turns into a truck. Yes, that's what I'm saying, guys. Wow. You know, if you're at the titty bar and it's just titty, titty, titties, when the truck dancer comes it's on. It's a palate cleanser. You are like, this is what I've been waiting for all night. <laughs> Take my dollars. But that's not what Sam Elliott's doing. He's just he's just wrangling army guys so that they don't crawl on the stage and I don't know tackle the dancers. Yeah, I've never understood that. At like I've been in shows where like people have tried to go on stage and it's like who who said that that was cool? Why do you think that's okay? You're drunk. Do you want to be in the show? Because this is not how you get on the show. C two H five O H. That's all I'm saying. Booze. Yes. Yeah. True. John Dalton would have known that. Uh, I know. He never drinks on the job. Would have known that. No, I mean the chemist, John Dalton, would have known that uh, formula for uh, for ethanol, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I boring you with my chemistry? You just keep trying to bring it around to chemistry. Everything is about life is chemistry, Megan. I know, but this movie isn't. Oh, there's chemistry going on. There's there's chemistry going on inside everybody in this movie. Okay. Anyway, so you see Sam Elliott, he shows up and... They hang out a bit, and they're like fast friends from way back. And Sam Elliott's an even more famous sponsor, even than Patrick somehow, Swayze. Even. Somehow, this is a thing in this world. Yeah, it's like pa- Patrick Swayze is like is like legendary, and uh, and uh, um, Sam Elliott is Sam godlike. Elliott is like yeah, he's he's godlike. So yeah, confusing. Yeah. Also confusing, while this is this whole hanging out stuff is going on and they're in a diner and they're drinking coffee, Kelly Lynch is wearing a tablecloth. Oh, that's silly. I just want to mention this because her dress is the red and white check that you get at an Italian restaurant tablecloth. <laughs> Don't point at me. I got nothing to say. We were talking about how Sam Elliott was like godlike. So, oh, yeah. Sam Elliott is, is a god to uh, Dalton's like high level druid or whatever of the bouncerism yeah whatever i don't know hmm. okay so yay happy times are here everyone all the gang's back together and the bar's going great and there's this bad guy but i mean what else could he do to things well okay so ben gazera and his goon squad show up at the double deuce like he comes fully begooned right because he's burned down the auto parts store he's it's burned down the auto door. parts store which is next door and he's like gloating about that and he comes in with all these goons and he's like i'm gonna pick a fight with dalton in this bar right now and we're gonna end this shit and he brings in his like mini boss goon yeah and a guy comes in with a pool cue and does a bunch of martial arts and like kicks everybody's ass but not everybody's ass and there's a huge punch up in the bar and all kinds of shit gets smashed 
and Sam Elliott is beaten up, and uh, Dalton Patrick Swayze's beaten up, and the underboss goon is beaten up. Everybody's beaten up except for uh, uh, Ben Gazzara. Ben Gazzara, who shoots the ceiling. Who? Sh- oh yeah, I forgot that. He, <laughs> he was like, okay, Stop. yeah. He's like, had enough. He's like, I will end this fight by shooting. So that happens. Yep, and then we move time forward. And then uh, then the house next door to Patrick Swayze explodes. Explodes. It's the guy he's renting from. It's like old codger, like old farmer man. Yeah. And the old farmer man's fine. But uh, Patrick Swayze sees uh, underboss goon like driving by and he on a motorcycle, I think. Mm-hmm. And he leaps through the air and tackles him out on the motorcycle and they get into an epic hand-to-hand combat on the shores of a lake at night. It's like they live, but not they live. Yeah. And it's like a martial arts battle and... In the end, uh, like, somebody's winning, and then the other guy's winning, and it goes back and forth for a long time. It's a pretty cool fight, yes. you know? But, you know, the, there's this tortured past thing with uh, Dalton, where somebody pulled a gun on him, and he ended up killing the guy. That's all we know. That's all we know. And there's a woman involved somehow. And Sam Elliott's like, well, you know, you shouldn't let that, that torture you anymore, because what happens when somebody pulls a gun on you is either you decide to die, or you kill them. And that was his advice. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's an extreme sort of formulation. I, I mean, I think there's more than that binary choice, but I think it's a fair thing to say Eric, that when someone is intending to kill you, that if there is ever a time that you are entitled to kill someone in self-defense, it's when someone has a gun pointed at your head. Sam Elliott said, die or kill. It's die or kill. Yeah, basically. Slash Sam Elliott. So the mini boss fight ends with the mini boss pulling a gun on him. So what does he do, Eric? He snatches the mini boss's throat out of his neck. Yeah. It's like the throat snatch maneuver. It's like something you learn from Bruce Lee or something like Where that. Where did I mean, Dalton learn this? We don't know. We don't know. Is he a special forces or Who something? Who knows? We don't know. It's we don't know. background. We have no idea. But he can rip someone's throat out of them. Yeah. He just reaches his arm way back like a pitcher on the windup and then like slams his fingers into their neck like right in the front by the Adam's apple and just grips it and like pulls it right out. Yes. And uh, his girlfriend witnesses this, and she's horrified. Yes, because he, he he kills the dude and then just essentially dumps him in the lake. He's like, ah, fuck this guy. He's dead. Lake. Yeah, and he holds up the body, and he's like, hey, Ben Gazzara, because Ben Gazzara lives like right across the lake in a huge mansion. He's like, hey, Ben Gazzara, I just killed your goon. It's on, like Donkey Kong. Pretty much, yeah. So, And then floats the dead body across the lake to Ben Gazzara's house. Right. So, in any war... When one side does something to piss the other side off, it escalates. Yeah, so he gets a call from Ben Gazzara the next morning. He's like, hey, Dalton, it's me, Ben Gazzara. And he's like, fuck you. Yeah, and he's like, well, that may you, you may cho- change your mind when you have to choose who's going to die, your girlfriend or Sam Elliott. And he's like, what? I'm not going to choose that. And he says, well, guess it comes down to a coin flip then. See you later, sucker. Click. Uh, yep, click. Hangs up on him. <clears throat> so then we have our death fake out, because... First, Dalton runs up on Sam Elliott, who's been beat up, but is alive. And he's like, yeah, okay. He's like, I gotta get, we gotta get out of this town, man. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. He's like, good. I'm gonna go get Dr. Lady, and we're gonna go. Because obviously Dr. Lady is the one he's gonna kill, because Sam Elliott is still alive. So he goes to the hospital, and he's like, come on, Dr. Lady, we're gonna go. And she's like, fuck you, no, I'm not gonna go. You killed somebody. Also, no, this is, I live here. This is my, this is where my stuff is. I don't want to go with you. He kind of tries to drag her out of a, of a like, x-ray room. Yeah, she's looking at some, like, bowel x-rays. It's pretty interesting. I, that, honestly, I will admit, that was the most interesting part of that scene to me. I was like, what's she looking at? There's a lot of intestines up there. Yeah, I mean, she's an ER doc. That's that's what I'm thinking she is. Something's in, is something in, in the she, intestines? She was working, like, a, that's why she was, gets off her shift real late. She's probably working, like... Yeah, a, she's an ER doc. Yeah, it's it, Well, because, yeah, because she stitched up uh, Dalton when he, like, rolled in. Yeah. You don't make an appointment to get stitched up, do you? Yeah, no, no. You no, know, you just, you wait forever in the waiting room. Well, it depends on how much you're bleeding, but yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Eh, who knows? Okay, so so she's like, fuck you. I'm not going anywhere. Also, I'm fine. Just leave me alone. And he's like, fine. I won't. You stay in Jasper. I don't fucking care. I'm going to go back and get Sam Elliott. We're out of here. So he goes back to the bar. Sam Elliott is laying on the bar top. Passed out. Maybe. Or so he thinks. Or so we think. And then uh, he quickly discovers that he's been stabbed. Someone left a handy note. 
that said it was tails it was tails so we know who did it and and sam elliott is out of the movie he is yeah it's a shame it's because sam elliott is my favorite character in this film he he did a nice job pretty much any film sam elliott is usually my favorite character because he's just if you like grizzled you like sam elliott i do i like that yeah so uh, that sends Dalton into a murderous rage, and then we come down to like the last, the final, final countdown. act, which is just Dalton fucking shit up at Ben Gazzara's place. Yeah, first of all, he rigs his Mercedes to like drive directly into his into the compound, goons. into yeah. the co- goon compound. They think that uh, Dalton's driving it because his Mercedes coming down this road, right? And it's like rolling along, and they just open up on it with you know shotguns, handguns, rifles, whatever they got there, rocket launcher. And uh, the thing comes barreling down on him and hits a ramp and flips over and explodes and runs into a bunch of other cars. And they look inside. He's not in there. Yeah. There's the, a knife, though. The knife that was used to kill Sam Elliott is somehow stuck into the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. And a goon picks it up and puts in its sheath. So you're like, that goon killed Sam Elliott. He must die. He's got to die. And a lot of goons die. Yeah. He uh, dispatches all the goons in, in order. I yeah, mean, he, like he, mur- he just murders them straight in up a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. He doesn't rip out any throats, though, but he no. stabs them with knives. And he throws knives at them. Does he shoot one? I think he... No, I don't think he shoots anybody. I think he just kung fus them in, into submission. Yeah. And Fat Goon, he buries under a polar bear, like a stuffed taxidermied polar bear, like a 12-foot-tall polar yeah. bear. Yeah, because Ben Gazzara has a trophy room in his house. Because, of course, he does. And we, two pool tables. That's true, he does. He does have two pool tables. Yeah, two pool tables and a trophy room. Yeah, well, I guess if you you entertain a lot, if you have a lot of parties and people like playing pool. Does he have a swimming pool out back, too? I don't think so, because the back... the lake. The lake's right there. Mm. Yeah. It's full of leeches and dirt, but hey. Yeah, Megan would not swim in that lake. No, I don't like those kind of lakes. Yeah, you'd swim in a swimming pool, but not in a lake. Mm, I used to have to swim in a lake. I think I told you about that. Yeah, that's why you don't swim in a lake anymore. Yeah, we used to do these, when I was a synchronized swimmer, we used to do these exhibition shows at Oceans of Fun, conveniently located in Kansas City, Missouri. They should have called it Lakes of Fun. Well. Lakes of Poison. I don't know. It wasn't leeches. It wasn't even that it was poison. It was just, it was the man-made natural lake and they would have a swim. And when you're, at least when I was a synchronized swimmer, you didn't wear goggles when you performed because it made you look weird. I don't know. We all, we had to wear garish makeup and gel in our hair. When I say gel, I mean Knox unflavored gelatin. This is a whole thing. I'm not going to get into it, but we had to swim this natural lake and you can't see shit without your goggles on, especially if there's dirt flying around in your face. It's hard. Yeah, there's no stripes to orient yourself in the bottom of the it's pool. It's just the worst. It's just gross. There's yeah. Bugs and shit in it. I don't know. So anyway, he, he goes and, he goes on a one-man re- re- rampage of revenge at Ben Gazzara's compound and kills everybody but Ben Gazzara. Right, because he's, he's like punching him, punching him, punching him. Yeah, they get into a fist fight, and Ben Gazzara picks up a spear and throws it across the room, and it like glides on a wire across yeah. the room. Like, it is... It is ridiculously Brrr, sticks in the wall. Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's there were two moments in this film where I was like, "What?" The first of which was, or well, actually, the second of which is the spear on the wire. Yeah. The first of which was Mini Boss Goon did this like crazy like kip up jump from like the floor of the the roadhouse onto the stage oh, of yeah, the roadhouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like a flip. It was like a like, like a, a weird... tumbling flip, like yeah. gymnastic gymkata move. It was it was. Dumb. There was also the the goon that had like a knife sticking in the front of his boot, and you looked down on it, and it had like that. Oh, it did the glee. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good too. Yeah, ting. Yeah, so these were unrealistic, but very. Like, they they were amusing yeah, and enjoyable. Amusing, enjoyable. But yeah, they were definitely what moments. Yeah. So Ben Gazzara now is like he picked up another spear. He threw one spear, whoosh, drrr, sticks in the wall. He picks up another big spear and starts like stabbing at the Dalton and hitting him with the spear and. Like Dalton's down for the count, and then Dalton's on top, and then Ben Gazzara's on top, and they, you know, they were very much alike you and me, and you know, like, whatever. It's a fight, yeah, fight. And then uh, Ben Gazzara finally, like, he pulls a gun out of his boot, and he's like, you know what? I'm, t- you know, I-, I thought it'd be fun fighting. Isn't this what he says? Yeah, it's he's like, like I-, I thought it'd be fun fighting you, but it's not. I'm just gonna shoot you. Yeah. And then he, get- the gun gets kicked out of his hand, and he gets pinned on the couch, and mm-hmm. you see the hand of death. Yeah, Patrick Swayze reaches back, like, like reaches back like a pitcher, except he doesn't have a ball in his hand. He's nope. got his hand shaped like claw. Claw hand. He's reaching it back. And he's, his face is a rictus. He's like, the, the, the veins are pulsing on his forehead, and he's dripping with sweat, and he's glossy and dripping and angry, and his teeth are bared, and he's got his hand all the way back. <sighs> he's going to murder him. 
And then he doesn't. He doesn't. He steps away. Oh, no, no, no. The, the gun doesn't come out until after. Sorry. Remove all that gun shit. No, no, no. The gun, ki- the gun came out because he Did kicked it? The, yeah, he kicked the gun away. Oh, you ki- okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then he was going to kill him. Right. And then, and then so. He didn't let, then he so didn't he's kill like, him. he's like, nope, I'm not going to kill him. So, I killed, I literally murdered all of your goons. All of them. Except for Fat Goon, because he's under the polar bear. But we'll we get, thought he was dead. I we'll mean, get to that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, t- he turns his back on uh, Ben Gazzara. Who goes and picks up the gun that was kicked out of his hand a second ago. Right, he's going to shoot him, but then... You see, like, him get shot from out of nowhere. Ben Gazzara, you mean? Yeah, Ben Gazzara gets shot from out of nowhere. Like, Ben Gazzara's got a gun, he's pointing it at Dalton, he's like, ha ha ha, Dalton, you lose. And he points the gun at him and like, there's a blood spatter in his shoulder. Yes, and then... Another blood spatter on his other shoulder. And then we get the reverse angle shot and we see all the townspeople that this Ben Gazzara has been fucking with for many, many years just flat out murder him. They all show up to his house, all armed to the teeth, and, and they just shoot him to death in his own place. Yes. With, they, sh- with shotguns and like hunting rifles. Yeah. And each one of them gets, each one of them gets a shot in so that mm-hmm. no one person is there to be blamed. Everybody's like, hey, fuck you, Ben Gazzara. We run this town now. Shoot him like six times, and he falls through his own glass table, dead. Yep. So he's dead, and, and everybody cheers. Yeah, like all the all the townspeople are like, "That was a good murder, everybody. Good, good job. Good nice murder and job." And then you hear the you hear the police sirens in the background. And we like, never saw any police this whole movie up no, to this point. No. Well, the the cop comes in at the very end. Oh yeah, at the very end. At but the I'm very just saying, end. yeah. But before this, oh, we yeah, never no, saw no. any police in this movie. Absolutely ben Gazzara no. just like waved it away. He's like, oh yeah, they're all in my pocket. Yeah, fuck that. We don't need to see police. Uh, so yeah, so all all of the guys shoot him, and then the old crazy farmer guy collects all their guns and does something with them. Probably dumps them in the lake. Sure, we don't know. We don't, we don't see know. it, but he gathers up all the guns and is like, I'll take care of these. And then the cop shows up and is like, who? What happened here? And everyone's like, I didn't see anything. I didn't see nothing. Did you see anything? How about you? No, I didn't see. How about anything. you, Merle? I didn't see nothing. How, How about, about you? you, fat goon? And he's like, "Uh, I was under a bear." What did he say? I was under the polar bear. I was under the polar bear. And, and that, that is basically that is literally the last line of the movie. I was under the polar bear. Yeah. And then we cut to uh the band playing and like Good stuff happening at the roadhouse. Everybody's having a good time. And Patrick Swayze and the doc are in the uh, Leech Lake uh, in, yes. nude uh, cavorting together. The mud hole. So maybe Patrick Swayze is going to set down, like, what did he say, pitch a tent? Yes. That's what the, the old the grizzled prospector or the grizzled farmer dude said. Yeah. Maybe you should pitch your tent here. Okay. Here in Jasper. You should stay in Jasper. Don't go back to New York City. Stay in Jasper where there's nothing to do but... Hang out at Shit Kicker Bar mm. and get stitched up. Because huh? pain don't hurt and be nice and all the other stuff. Yeehaw. Yeah. So yeah. that's Roadhouse. Yeah, it was fun. It's fun. I've seen it many times now. And one thing about it, I will say, is it's kind of long. It, it It's never boring, but it is kind of long. Well, it's it's 120 minutes long, so it's a two-hour film. It doesn't really have two hours worth of story in it. It doesn't really even have one hour worth of story in it, but that's not the point. It has some fun uh, sequences. It's super, like, bloody and gory at times. I mean, it's definitely an R-rated movie. There's a lot of language. There's a lot, a fair amount of nudity in the movie. It's really of its time. You, you would never see a movie like that made today. Maybe we'll be making movies like that coming up, but I mean, a movie like this today would definitely be a PG-13 movie mm-hmm. and would not have nearly as much gore and violence. And it's not about the gore and violence, but it's like a movie like this that is as silly as this is and over the top as it is needs to have that edge to it in order to make it seem at least like the stakes are high or like thing like bad things can really happen. If you make a movie that's this sort of frivolous and silly, uh, you know, in its in its conceits and its concepts and have it be like family friendly, then there really isn't that same sense of danger of violence to it that that you get in a in the way that this is done in this film. So, I I recommend it for all of those reasons. Mm-hmm. Now, we did mention earlier that this was up for Golden Razzie Awards. Uh and it was nominated in five categories. Five categories were Worst Picture, Worst Actor for Patrick Swayze, Worst Supporting Actor for Ben Gazzara, Worst Director, and Worst Screenplay. So despite all of that, it still earned a ranking in their 
official Razzie movie guide as one of the 100 most enjoyably bad movies ever made. Yeah, I put it on my list for sure. Now, it did not win the best picture Razzie in 1989. Do you have any idea what might have? No clue. The one that won for 1989 was Star Trek V. The first, or the I'm search sorry. for Spock's hemorrhoids. No, Star Trek V was the final frontier. Oh, I think that's was the that one. Was that the one where Michelle Nichols dances, does a fan dance? No, that was in the original series, sweetie. No, 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 no. That was in one of the movies. Was it? Yes. I thought that was one one of the. No. Uh, well, see, yeah. I don't. No, no, I don't no. know. I don't know my. Look, if Michelle Nichols danced, did a fan dance in the original series, that would be one of the high points. Yeah, I guess they just kissed in the original series, right? I yes. Yes, that was a big deal. The interracial kiss. No, no, no. Nichelle Nichols does a, like a fan dance to distract some enemies in, in one of those Star Trek sequels. And she's like, you know, 65 years old. She still looks fantastic. But I, I saw mean, her at Gen Con. She looks great. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, she, I'm not saying that she looked bad. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, a 65 year old woman doing a fan dance is a little bit, is a different thing than a 25 year old Nichelle Nichols doing a fan dance. That's all I'm saying. Now, I just want to bring this up as far as, like, the legacy of the people that made Roadhouse. So, the two producers, I believe, that are are responsible for Roadhouse were Joel Silver and Stephen Perry. They they did Roadhouse, among other things. They, they've had a long and storied career of making shit movies. I will, I will submit this for your enjoyment. They were up for the Golden Razzie the next year in 1990 and won it for the Andrew Dice Clay vehicle. The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Wow, I had a friend who loved that movie. I never saw it. They were then up again in 1991 for Hudson Hawk, and they won. I've never seen Hudson Hawk either, and you've told me I should see that one. It's a it's a movie we'll do on the show. It's it's a real interesting film because it was the movie that they were like, "Hey, Bruce Willis, you made that really kick-ass Die Hard movie, right?" So you're going to be like an action hero. So what do you want to do? What do you, what movie do you want to uh, make? I want to be a blues singer. Wasn't he a blues singer in that one? Was that, wasn't it that one? No, it's, well, I guess he's kind of a singer. He's a thief. He's oh. like a cat burglar, like oh. a, like a heist puller. Oh, wow. I do want to see that movie. And, then. and he sings. He's a blues singer or something. Well, no, movie. he sings in the whole thing. In fact, one of the ways that they time their heists, it's like him and Danny Aiello and, uh, uh, Aiello and some other people. Uh, oh, and they all sing. They to, sing like, to time their. They sing to time their heist. So, like the beginning sequence of the movie is them uh, singing uh, uh, a song and doing a heist. And I fucking can't remember which song it is. Yeah, but it's the same two producers that produced uh, this yes. one. Yes, yes. They had three in a row: Roadhouse, then Adventures of Ford Fairline, and then and Hudson then Hawk. Hudson Hawk. I don't know if Stephen Perry was on Hudson Hawk, but Joel Silver was definitely responsible for that one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that was like a whole thing too. They made a video game for Hudson Hawk. They had all this merchandising. They were convinced that that was going to be a tentpole action movie thing for Bruce Willis. Mm. Was that a, was that an R rated or a PG rated? I think it was PG rated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Do, I'm, 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 I'm very interested in that particular thing today because it seems like it's so hard to get a good hard R movie. And I think some of the superhero movies are doing it now with like yeah. the, the uh, Logan movie and with uh, Deadpool from last year where you're seeing like actual action films with actual real hardcore action in them again. Mm -hmm. But it's been a long time since we've seen anything like that. True. And and this, you know, Roadhouse was one of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, Patrick Swayze was supposed to go on and film another action movie directly after Roadhouse, but he had to turn it down because, as we mentioned, all the actors did their own stunts in this film, and he got hurt kind of badly. He was supposed to be in Predators 2. Didn't we do Predators 2? No, we did we did Predators. I'm sorry. He was supposed to be in Predator Singular 2. Predator 2. We did Predators, predators. with Adrian Brody. Yes. Right. So, he okay. he would have been in that movie, but fate stepped in and told him not to. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Patrick Swayze was a pretty good actor and a charis- definitely a charismatic presence on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh he will, you know, he was and will continue to be missed. There's not a lot that he did that I can say that I truly actually enjoyed, but there's a lot of stuff that he did that I can say that I enjoyed ironically. I enjoyed a lot of his stuff. I liked Dirty Dancing quite a bit. It was great. Obviously, we liked Roadhouse. Another Patrick Swayze movie that I enjoy immensely that actually features the greater Busey, Point Break, 
also features Keanu Reeves post being a dumb action person in his dumb action movies. Yeah. Uh, you know what? This movie, you could compare a lot to Point Break in terms of quality, in terms of being a so bad it's good movie. Yeah, I, uh, I think I actually think it's so bad it's good. It's just a good, bad movie. Yeah, I think in some ways Point Break is a little bit better than Roadhouse just because it's got some more action in it and it's a little bit more like, what's going on? But And also I have a soft spot for the Buseys mm-hmm. on camera. Mm-hmm. I find them interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so as we said, we both recommend Roadhouse. Go take a go take a gander at it. Hopefully I'll be able to find Roadhouse 2 and we'll be able to continue the Roadhouse battle. Thanks for listening to Cinema Super Collider. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Supercast or join our Facebook community where we post early warnings about our upcoming movie selections and also invite you to join our film discussions. You can email us questions, comments, and suggestions for future shows at cinemasupercast at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. See you next time. See you next time.